All right, all right, all right. How was Poop Lando? Uh, you know, it wasn't too bad. But I got in like at 1 o'clock, um, 1 a.m. I got in too late. Wee. No, no, That's I'm going somewhere. Time. I'm going oh somewhere. So it was pitch black at night. And that morning at like 7 o'clock, I heard this like buzzing, like vibration. I thought somebody's phone was ringing in the next room, but it kept going and going and going. And then finally, I opened up my window and I was like on the second store, second story right outside the pool. And there was people already <laughs> blasting music, a bunch of leathery people. Leathery. <laughs> we told you about Borlando, Jordan. You didn't want to believe us. <laughs> I know. Hey, Jen, can you pull your mic a little closer? Hello. That's better. Jordan, you... Your background's too busy. You got too much going on back there. I'm coming from the new house today. So Okay, so did you are you moved? Are you moving? What's going on here? I'm really confused. Millicent was like, I think Jordan's moving. Yeah. Did no, you we're we're doing a renovation at our house. Oh. And they're like redoing the tile, all the floors. Um, so oh. we had Yeah. Yeah. So I was still kind of getting situated at this rental place. Man. Mm-hmm. That I is like it. terrible. I'm sorry. No, no, no. We asked for it, and it'll be worth it in the end. I mean, I, you know, after spending three months toiling and building out that studio, I prefer this one. <laughs> well, I was gonna say I'm gonna it's just easier. In. No, we'll we'll still use it. I still haven't really figured it out, especially if we're you know if we pipe Jen in. Let's talk about her like she's not here. If we pipe Jen in, I haven't quite figured that out yet. But hey, I was going to ask you, Jordan, because you know you're you're pretty hip. You're in with the kind of modern times, especially with music. But you've also had a baby, and so you're getting kind of older now. And I yeah. feel like I might even be more in tune than you are. I think so, you might be right. So let's. Do you know who uh, Layman Paula is? Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> Jordan's like, shit. So I found this oh, music. Tame, tame Impala? Tame Impala. Yeah, it okay. is. It is right. Tame Impala. I redeemed you myself. <laughs> and, I, and, I just, and I just cratered myself. Harry, you're yeah. a layman to the culture, apparently. Layman, tame Impala. <laughs> anyway, Jen, it's this like musician. He does, you know, all of it electronically, but... He's very talented. He's like all the rage on the internet. And, and you know, his music is good. But when Wyatt came to town, I wanted to impress him. And I was like, hey, let's, uh, let's put on some Tame Impala. Oh. I go, have you ever heard of him? And he was like looking at his phone. He's like, yeah, of course, Dad. I've been to his concert like three times. I was like, oh, shit, man. I can't get anything over on you. That's so Tame funny. Impala would be better. Well, I th- yeah, I didn't know what you were saying at first. I thought it was like a layman Paula. Uh, I thought it was like a layman Paula. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, layman it took me a second, Paula. but I, I figured it out before you could. Oh, my. Well, don't don't worry, Harry, because you introduced me to Lil Dicky many years ago. I told George, uh, not George, I told Bill about it. And he was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Then like a year later, Bill's like, oh, my God, there's this amazing artist. His name is Lil Dicky. And I was like, <laughs> wow, you don't listen to me at all. <laughs> yeah. And, and he's called Dave now. Yeah. Oh, Harry, look, His... you're not one to talk now, <laughs> Mr. Lame Impala. But <laughs> Lame while we're. Impala. 
Well, we're talking about um, the most Curse convention and, and funny sayings, Jordan, and everybody who will see at MBWA next month, we have a proposition for you. It's called Rocky Mountain Recharge. And Jordan came up with it. And what is it, Jordan? The Rocky Mountain Recharge. Um, it is half Coors Light, half Zoa. And you just get that, uh, get that going to start your day. Oh, my God. That is awesome. Yeah. And then you have the Rocky Mountain Reflux after <laughs> the Rocky Mountain Reflux. Let's go. No kidding. <laughs> have have uh, you noticed that um, Molson Coors has dropped the Rocky out of Rocky Mountain refreshment? They just call it Mountain refreshment. Like ooh. I guess trying to be more inclusive of other mountain ranges. <laughs> oh, oh my god! It's like come on. I think they still have Rocky. When we have Sophia Colucci on stage at our summit in January, yes. I've got all the plugs, guys. We, we can do. ask her. Yeah. And um, and it, and that reminds me, I, I want to put the names of the people that we already okay. have on the website. Yeah. And I think we have, I think I already have all the names except for Sophia. Is there anybody else we've added since? I don't think so. Not officially. We've got a few irons in the fire, of course, but okay. we've got a handful of heavy hitters so yeah let's let's get those up yeah there. and and you know we are doing the schedule a little bit different this year it's it's the same it's it's two summits but it's also one summit so if you come to both you get a discount and beer will be the first uh day and a half and wine spirits will be the second day and a half so beernet.com for the schedule it's up there and um okay all right uh, let's start with, well, let's start with Molson Coors. Um, Jordan, you were there. Mm -hmm. I uh, could not be there. I had a conflict. Um, it sounds like it was a high energy conference. <laughs> I mean, yeah, <laughs> it, it definitely felt different. Um, are they know, taking were, credit for all the, all the <laughs> uh, the, the motto was, you know, we didn't get lucky. I'm paraphrasing here. We didn't get lucky, but we were prepared for this. You know, the opportunity presented itself and all the work that we've put in over the last three, three and a half years um, paid off and we were able to, you know, strike and seize this opportunity. And, you know, and in some cases that's true because they did get rid of some of those um, budget brands and they got they did some skew rationalization, which if they still had those skews would have made their production even harder than it was. So, um, and they had a good platform for Coors Light with made to chill. Right. Miller Light was kind of, um, didn't have, uh, it was just back to, um, what's the, it's all stars. Time. Yeah. Yeah. Bringing back the, yeah. So, you know, I think it was easy to, uh, to build from there and, um, yeah, I, they were prepared for it, but it definitely felt different. There was lots of excitement coming in. I think the question was, you know, would there be as much excitement leaving? And right. I would say so. Yeah. Um, well, they've been dealt a good hand and so now they got to run with it. And of course they're going to put Coors Light front and center on the Super Bowl. One thing that surprised me was, uh, I think it was Marcelo that said that Coors Light's the number one light beer in California, Idaho, Nebraska, Oregon, Washington, and New York. That is, California and New York don't really surprise me, but those other states do. 
Well, and California says does because the- Modelo, right? Oh, well, that's not a light premium, brand. Premium light. That's not oh, a premium true. light. It, so, yeah. I mean, and Bud Light's just so dominant, but I mean, Idaho? Who'd have yeah. thought? <laughs> um, and, and, and not Colorado. Um, interesting. So, all right. You know, I'll just, uh, I can't talk about everything because a lot of it's still kind of under wraps, but I would say, um, you know, distributors were generally pleased with the plans they presented. There was a couple of things that really caught me off guard um, with how big of a, you know, reception it got. And Mm. those things weren't like, oh, wow, how did you come up with this? It was like, boom, you nailed it. That's what we've been wanting. That's what we've been asking for. And um, there was maybe only one thing that, at least from my vantage point, seemed a little underwhelming. So, and what was that? Well, we'll, we'll talk about it when we when we can. <laughs> okay. Here. Yeah. I mean, this is what the people come here for, Jordan. They want to hear know. the good, the bad, and the ugly. I know. Uh, and the other thing that was interesting was the meeting was kind of flipped. So in the past couple of years, like Coors Light and Miller Light were you know, the first thing they talked about on day one and they saved the innovation, the beyond beer stuff as like the tease, you know, for, for day two. And right. this mm-hmm. time all the beyond beer flavor stuff was day one and kind of saved Coors Light Miller Light plans for the end. Making people stay to the end. Yeah. It was interesting. Good. Well, you know, I, I, I talked to a, major retailer last week and he he was like you know all they have to do is just don't screw it up yeah and he didn't use the word screw he used yeah. another euphemism and and i think that's what a lot of people are saying just please just be able to supply it and just don't don't screw it up and um so it sounds like they're not i mean i think no they're... you know little tweaks little evolutions but nothing strained too far from what they were already doing uh, as far as innovation goes, you know, building up some of their existing brands, but not really focusing too much on, um, hey, let's let's jump on this segment because it's hot and ride with this. They're they're definitely keeping focus on what's growing right now and not straying right. too yep. far. So that's good. Yeah, distributors well, were happy. Well, good. Um, the other. The other thing I wanted to touch on thing, um, we, it, it's funny because some people, you know, I'm talking about distributors now, some distributors, they want to take a fall price increase. And a lot of them think we shouldn't because we're just pushing more people to spirits and it's kind of half and half. And, and for, as far as I can tell, nobody is really taking price increases. There might, there, you know, the couple of letters I've seen, they've already rescinded them. So it's not, um, I think everybody's holding pat for at least the fall. Suppliers, right? Suppliers. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, you know, even with the hot hand that Molson Coors has been dealt, they probably could take pricing, but that's not in their DNA because they've never led on pricing except maybe in Chicago. So, um, you know, I think they said they'd spot some prices on some packages, but I don't see a GI uh, in the fall. Maybe we'll have one in the spring. I think um, uh, 
you know, I think craft brewers need a price increase. I think, you know, with the, because the costs have, have gone up so much with inflation and uh, the big brewers can absorb those a lot more easily than the small brewers can. So, but, you know, Constellation has never been a big mover, first mover in price. And so, you know, AB certainly not in a position to do it. Right. Yeah. Most and core said they're going to take, you know, a price increase. They didn't really give too many details um, in the fall. But well, he said one to two, right? Like more traditional. He said that he thinks next year you'll see it revert back to the traditional one to two. But he didn't give details on this fall price increase. And that was yeah. I need to re-listen to that from that was from Barclays, right? I thought I need to re-listen because he kind of to me fudged the fall and the spring. Because he mentioned fall and then he gave like one to two and it was like maybe he's for, just providing some cover to be flexible. <laughs> yeah, for 2024. So. Um, but if they're not taking a big price increase next year and then um, I I mean, they already have tough comps to cycle next year. And then right. if they keep pricing going too yeah. with, uh, you know, not as heavy pricing next year. It's going to be even more difficult. So, right, and and of course, and that's the price increases last year have kind of screwed up the package mix dynamic as well. You know, like we've said on this podcast, like twelve packs are dead. Nobody's buying twelve packs because of the way they're priced right now, and so people are moving to smaller packages or a thirty pack. You know, and um, and then you have draft, which is not a bargain right. so much anymore for on-premise operators and it's really getting hurt you know you guys interviewed dan volage Borlage at microstar and because you know our distributor survey that's a big issue for those guys is that we're just not seeing the return of drafts since the pandemic and i think part of it is not just pricing part of it i think is just people being gun shy you know they remember what happened in 2020 when we had to bring hundreds of thousands of kegs and it was such a nightmare that everybody's like hi you know i don't know if we need 20 taps in here because if this thing shuts down again it's it's just a, a nightmare and i think that plays into it yeah and operators too you know, sometimes they find it's more simple just to bring in a special package and blow through that than all the logistics of bringing on a special keg or whatnot. I've heard that from retailers too. So it's going to take a lot of money to fix the draft problem. That's for sure. Yeah. So. yeah. And I agree with Dan hundred percent that it is our differentiating factor. It's, it's, it's pretty much beer only a little bit of wine and margaritas and shit, but it's, it's a, it really is a beer centric package and it's, it's, economical it's green it's it's a great volume package but um it's tough right now um and then of course some suppliers can't even get you drafts so yeah <laughs> yeah the largest one modello they have they have all the taps tied up too yeah and that's that's a rough thing you know we reported on uh, heineken building a new brewery in yes. yucatan it, it seemed like it it was kind of it was for the Mexican market, but yeah. um, I'm wondering if that will relieve their other breweries there so that they can get more supply of Dos Equis up to the U.S. Mm -hmm. because that's been an issue as well. Um, supply has just been a bitch since really since COVID. And then last year, 
it started to get a little better, but it's just been spotty, you know? Um, all right. Well, let's talk about AB, their EAM meeting. Jen, you covered that very well. Um, don't call it a comeback. Don't <laughs> call it a clawback. Um, oh, man. I th- I, you know, honestly, I think it's the right things that they're doing. I think Mick Ultra, you know, it's been, Bud Light's been down 30% since May. It's not moving. It's so, I, I Until those, next those year, drinkers, until they cycle the comps. Exactly. Right? I mean, they're, the, those, those drinkers are gone. So you might as well focus on something else. And I think something else is Michelob Ultra. And, you know, uh, uh, one retailer told me that he'd be, he wouldn't be surprised mm-hmm. if they repositioned Mick Ultra at Bud Light pricing. I don't mm. know if, that's in the cards, but I, that would, I think that would be silly. Cause wouldn't they want to keep their premium pricing? Like, I think that would kind of be a, I would think so, foot, but. but they're, they're missing out on a lot of tri-brand ads, meaning Miller Lite, Coors Light, Bud Light. That's traditionally grocery stores on their weekly ads. They'll put those three together. Yeah. And then now they're taking out Bud Light and they need something to put in that spot. And then also Bush Light is such a more coarse brand it makes sense for them. What what takeaways did you get from that, Jen? Well, so it was an hour and a half meeting because they said like, well, you know, based on wholesaler feedback, but of course it made sense for it to be a digital format, right? Um, so that they could just do the talking <laughs> in yeah. a very tight one and a half hours. And also it pre-runs a lot of the state wholesaler meetings that they're about to have too. So for lack of, or for not wanting redundancy, they did it virtually. Um, a couple themes come back. Like you said, you know, the plan per Kyle Norrington is, uh, who got the most screen time, by the way, I think they'll recover with Bud Light and Budweiser and reignite the momentum on Mick Ultra and Bush Light. Right. I think, I think ignite and reignite is like the new authenticity as a buzzword, but anyway, um, so in yeah. terms of what this comeback really entails, um, I mean, I didn't hear a lot of, of, real tangibles but again they're going to have those regional meetings but and then there's some consumer research that kind of differentiates some cohorts that i can't get into because that's proprietary and that's another part of the comeback but it's also like the passion points they've been talking about with bud light like football and country music and that sort of thing um and notably kyle you know mentioned the ads and said it's having significant impact with consumers which, you know, all the ad rags would disagree because the NFL is some of the most expensive real estate you can buy on TV, right? And it's not moving the trends. But Kyle says they've seen over a 10% improvement in their national share performance in the last month. Um, and as we well know, keeping Bud Light out of the media cycle seems to be a, a huge part of this comeback to or trying to. Um, and they say that media coverage has steadily declined since July and it's dissipated on social media. And so now it's time for the clawback. But um, so to the point of Mick Ultra, that was probably the most interesting part to me, because like we've said before on this show, that the EAM meeting a year ago before all this Dylan Mulvaney um stuff uh they already had expected Mick Ultra to surpass Bud Light in the next 5 years. And so big news Mick Ultra they signed a landmark global deal with the NBA that gives them unprecedented courtside visibility every nationally televised game they'll have the logo on both ends of the hardwood whether they sponsor the team or not. They're evolving the Ultra message to Wonderful. <laughs> anyway, the, yeah, door, doorbell approved. They're evolving Ultra to be like, 
social athlete. That's the whole new thrust, social athlete. I'm not sure I completely understand it, but I feel like it differs from the other message, which was like, it's only worth it if you enjoy it. This is more like combining Mick Ultra enjoyment with like social athleticism enjoyment. So I guess maybe like, you know, you're shooting some hoops with your friends. Why not, you know, drink some Mick Ultra too? I, I don't well, know that I, mean, I, fully I think it's understand like, it, but <laughs> instead of drinking Mick Ultra when you're participating in sports, you drink it when you're watching <laughs> others participate in sports. Sure, but it's also more like, people that yeah, do that. Yeah. yeah. I think they're casting a wider net. It sounds yeah. like. Yeah, I mean, it's been, it's just, you know, when you think of Mick Ultra, you think of a, a golf brand. And that's yeah. just such a small slice of the population that they really need. I think it's smart to go after basketball and, and yeah. things that a huge proportion of, especially men, watch. And younger, younger, younger right? Every, every person, right? Like uh, NBA, I think, is the most followed sport on social media and it's growing, right? There's also big uh, soccer partnerships they're striking too. Um, so yeah, I mean, for all intents and purposes, I absolutely think they're elevating McUltra even more than they already would have, right? I mean, and as well they should. And then finally, the last thing that was most interesting to me. Oh, I'll, I'll also mention, and we had it in the the note today, but they're expanding Bushlight a little bit. Like to your point earlier, Harry. I mean, you just can't beat the proposition. It's priced well. People enjoy it. It still has a, a strong consumer base. You know, Bushlight and McUltra don't have the stank on them that that Bud Light does. <laughs> the so, stank. I mean, they don't. Like that's you know, even if yeah. you're not part of the boycott crew, it's still kind of uncool right now, just in general, yeah. right? And so, but McUltra can still be cool. Bushlight can still be kind of cool, right? And so, finally, then expanding their future proof was also interesting to me. Their future proof brands, Zonzini presented that uh, Hoop Tea and Cantaritos. That's the Haritos play that they've been piloting. Some interesting stats there. Like they're expanding both of these. More to come on that. I think they're expanding the Cantaritos into the Haritos footprint this fall. So you'll see that more places. Um, they say it's already a top low ABV FMB in Texas and California, which is, I guess, kind of hard to believe, but also not when you think of, you know, the brand recognition it comes with. But also something that surprised me, the hoop tea, their little hard tea play, their retro hard tea play. Um, supposedly already has a 22 share of hard tea in New Jersey, which is surprising, but those yeah, guys would I drink anything. So, I, I mean, that, that is surprising. 22% is, is huge. That puts it right behind twisted. I yeah. would imagine. Oh, and yeah. in New Jersey, okay. you know, hard teas do really well up there, New Jersey, New Hampshire, New York. Yeah. The, the New England market is where all those hot, the, that's where it started. You know, that's where Mike started hard, yeah. hard lemonade. If they have 22, I bet Twisted has 60 mm. or more. Oh, yeah. Twisted has like a ridiculous share. <laughs> Jesus, there. Harry. Do you have COVID? I had it last week, so I'm bulletproof for <laughs> Vegas. Oh, I'm so glad you've had it so that we don't have to worry about you. <laughs> yes, no, I just have allergies. you do worry about me. I do. I sit around and worry about Jen all day. Y'all wonder what I do here all day. You think it's just worrying about y'all and planning <laughs> for your futures. Yes, yes. Um, so that's it. That's my verbal diarrhea on the show. Yeah. So. Well, good. I, You know, the one thing that surprised me is that this whole thing, while it's really been tough on AB wholesalers, it really hadn't hurt AB that much. I mean, not at all. It's just amazing to me how big they are. I mean, I, I, globally, right? You mean yeah, ABI. Yeah. 
Look at, I was just looking at what, um, who's Consumer Edge? Oh, Brett Cooper. Listen to this sentence. ABI has endured self-inflicted in markets from Brazil to the U.S. and others and external pressures over the last algorithm that is at least in line with global, global CPG peers, if not better, supported by scale, a clear playbook to execute across its market mix and its prior and current digital investments. They're just so big that, um, that they can, they can use scale to get their, to get out of anything. Yeah. And, um, and it's a good place to be. And they're going to be the next be. Amazon, so. With bees, I mean, yeah. one day yeah. they might not even have to sell beer. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, amazing. All right, um, let's see. What else was I thinking of? No, you know those big those fish that sit at the yeah. bottom of the ocean. And they just go. Yeah, with the with the little yeah. thing on the head and the big yeah. old jagged teeth. Yeah, you do that well, Harry. <laughs> those fuckers are so weird. Are they like lampreys or no? I forget. <sighs> I forget. There's so much in the ocean that we don't know about. Why are we going to Mars? We know, we don't even know our own planet. Yeah, that's yeah. super scary down there, right? Yeah. And then the method of getting down there in a little tiny submarine. <laughs> Why would you ever like do that? Sounds like my worst nightmare. Yeah, Jordan, you know what my worst nightmare is? Crashing like that one plane, and then my body is down there forever, that far down. Oh, it'll get eaten oh, before it gets down the there. F thirty five. Yeah, that's that's or the tough. the one the one from France forever ago that I don't know. Well, there's a few that have ended up down there. It's still the safest mode of transportation. Yeah, no, Commercial. when I was yeah, well, before so I went to a brew meeting in California two weeks ago, and I think the plane is where I got the COVID. But anyway, right before I left, there was a I listened to the daily podcast from the New York Times. The theme was like commercial airplanes get way too close to each other far more than the general <laughs> public knows. And I was like, are you kidding me? I leave in an hour. It was awful. Yeah. I mean, they get close, but they don't hit each other that often. <laughs> That's I mean, true. but what about that F-35? How do you lose a jet? They're like, they had, they put out on Facebook, like, can y'all help us find the jet? I'm like, what? wait, what? Please. They don't have I an mean, Apple tag on there or something? It's an $85 million jet. Yeah, put an Apple tag on it, <laughs> dumbasses. Good Lord. Can you help us find the jet? And then why? There's so many questions that we need. Why did he eject when it was still flying fine? That's a question I have. <laughs> It was on autopilot. That's why it didn't go down. It just kept flying. Yeah. And then somebody was like, I think it landed in Cuba. I was like, the plane isn't that smart <laughs> just to go land. Oh, here's an island. I'll go land there. There's something we don't know. I know. And then the, the and then there's UFOs being displayed in the Mexican Congress. Has the world <laughs> lost its fucking mind? I mean, yeah. Those do look like aliens. They look <laughs> ET-ish. They do, but that's suspicious, right, Jordan? I mean, they look a little too much like a Hollywood prop. Right, yeah. right. And and the guys are, you know, by the way, he presented fake aliens like five years ago. This isn't the first time he's done this, but why would they let him trot it through Congress? It, it's just, I feel like every, it's all distractions. They're trying to distract us from something that's really going on. 
All the governments and the billionaires. All the governments. <laughs> They're all in cahoots. And Soros. Yeah. And, yeah. And so- Soros. Soros. <laughs> all of them. Epstein from hell. Yeah. Anyway, I, um, well, good. I'll be in Chicago next week. And, um, hey, good. Cause Rodney had, had reached out. He's looking forward to seeing you. So, and yes. And, yeah. yeah. We've never met. So I'm, I'm looking forward to meeting him. And he is He'll also speaking. speaking. Yep. Yep. He'll be there. And um, great. All right. Well, if that's all we have, then we'll uh, shout at you next week. And don't forget, uh, tickets are on sale now for the Beer, Wine, and Spirit Summit. You can come to one or the other or both and get a discount. Go to beernet.com to get those tickets. And we do have a early bird discount as well that ends at the end of this month, September. So there's you only have about a week. So be sure and it, even if you think you're coming, just go ahead and buy the ticket now. All right, guys, we'll see you next week and have a good weekend. All right, thank you. See ya.